Happy Resurrection Woo-hoo. Sunday, Resistance Chicks family. Y'all thought we weren't going to come. And here we are. Did you see my thumbnail for today, Leah? Mm-hmm. Leah hasn't even seen it. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's Jesus nice rose little... again, and we're gonna shout it. I got breaking news. Jesus is risen from the dead. Those responsible for his death in shock. Giant stone over tomb found rolled away. Mary Magdalene speaks with Jesus at the tomb. Yeah, baby. Breaking news, extra, extra, have you heard all about it? Soul can be saved and we're gonna shout it. Jesus came to save us, Jesus came to save us. Happy Resurrection Sunday, Leah, that was everyone. Good. That was good. I haven't, I've never seen it done like that before. So, that was so... I'm waiting for somebody that Jesus is gonna come flying in on those, on invisible, you know, a harness. Woo! Like that, I'm, that's the kind of vibe I got. Like a little bit mega churchy, you know, with a little bit of an Easter program. They turn, like it. Turned, I'm getting all kind of likes and hearts and stuff. Turned uh, like Jesus it. the musical. <laughs> you know, they've done Jesus the musical like that, and it just feels really it feels right sacrilegious. It feels right when you're doing it. You know what I mean? And the, Give and it a try. Give it's it a try. in your head. It feels right in your head, but then when you do Jesus the musical, like in person, like they did with um, Leah's the one Toby that Mac. sent me that really um it was really beautiful. Wasn't religious it? intro. Religious has you a told bad me connotation. That religion was good. Okay, but for, for most people, religious has a bad well, connotation. I was trying to come up with a word and it wasn't coming. <laughs> Consecrated uh no I'm failing here with the thesaurus. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Now, here's, let's talk about this Easter thing, Leah. Okay. Okay. I read on Pastor Neil C. Peterson's post, and he made a really good post about this. Okay. But he said that Easter means Pesach. Okay. Which is Passover. Okay. Okay. But then he's like, listen, all y'all churches out there that are posting ads about your Easter egg hunt to get butts in the seat. Uh-huh. So he was having a little bit of a beef about the Easter egg hunt. Here's what I would say to everybody. Okay. Because, you know, we do Christmas, but we don't do Santa. We do Easter, but we don't do the Easter bunny. And so on But and so we do dye eggs. We do. Why do we dye eggs, Leah? Because it's fun. Because we keep chickens. Yeah. And it's really, really fun to take their eggs, especially the brown ones. Like, because they come up with all these really, really cool colors but i but we actually don't dye eggs of our own volition we don't dye them mm-hmm. our uncle lives with us and his grandkids have come over and there has been an easter egg hunt at this house since i was a child and his sons and grandchildren expect it <clears throat> yeah. so here's the here's what i would say all things are lawful not all things are permissible or it's not gonna hurt anything to hide some eggs especially since you know, kids love to find chicken eggs underneath but the chickens. Kids, but they go on an Easter egg hunt literally every time they come over to our house. Mm-hmm. Because That's we fun. go searching the chicken coop mm-hmm. for the eggs. I get mm-hmm. the goddess of Ishtar and fertility and the bunnies and the Easter bunny and all that. I get all that crazy nonsense. But eggs come from God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. Mm-hmm. Eggs come from God. I feel and it. And right around this time of year yeah. is when the chickens start going... They start laying, laying extra eggs. eggs. They do. It's pretty... It's beautiful, actually. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. So I don't, we try not to say Happy Easter for everyone that's sensitive to it. I don't really like Easter, the word Easter, but while people are transitioning, get over mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't know sound mean, but like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. We're going to do our it's... best to make the transition, but be gracious with people mm-hmm. in the middle of the transition. Okay. Just be nice. I wasn't very nice a second ago, but be nice okay. to people. Okay, meet them where they are at. You know what? Throughout the whole New Testament, Paul's constantly telling people, like, listen, mm-hmm. if it's a sin for you, it's a sin for you. Yeah. Don't do it around other people that it might be a sin. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's a lot of leeway there. So, anyway, that's my stance on that. It is okay on our show to say happy Easter one to another in the chat. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Here's the cool thing. <coughs> Jesus rose from the dead. And and this is that's the same thing I do with Christmas, right? Because when I am saying happy Easter to people, Easter is a holiday about Jesus. Other people have co-opted it, but it's a holiday that the church has joined together in history. And so when I say happy Easter, people know I'm talking, people know I'm That's talking about just Jesus. it. You know, they're and not saying happy to have the bunny come to your house. So I got happy Easter's today and, and I gave some happy Easter's and everybody is saying happy Jesus rose again. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. And even the most, it is one day where everybody knows you're supposed to go to church. I actually had a dream that I went to Pastor Neil Peterson's church this morning and the church was packed because it's a one day yeah. that people go to church. Okay, so I don't have a problem with getting extra butts in the seats on a holiday for Easter because it makes people feel a little bit more religious. That's Easter in Greek. Pascha. Pascha. Okay, it means resurrection, Easter, revival. So it is okay with me. I'm giving you my official, official Resistance Chicks Mm -hmm. Church stamp of approval to say Happy Easter. But for those that it is a real problem for, say Happy Resurrection Sunday. Okay. 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 I can dig. Right. I can dig it. Let me dig it. So anyway, whether you want to say Happy Easter, Happy Easter to you. You want to say Happy Resurrection Sunday, Happy Resurrection Sunday. If you want to say He is risen, everybody should be saying He is risen. I just gave you my breaking news. Add here. Oh, Jesus is risen from the dead. You know what yeah. I wanted to put on there? First woman preacher. Oh, I love Mary that. Mary Magdalene tells the world. All right. This is from my favorite uh, historian, William Federer. You guys should get all of his books. Love Bill. Bill Federer. And I got one over here. Um, I don't know where it went. I got Bill Federer. This is from the American Minute. If you guys aren't subscribed, you should you should be. President Ronald Reagan stated April 2nd, 1983. That's my birthday. No, it's not your birthday. It's your birth. This week, Jewish families have been celebrating Passover, and its observance its reserve, observance reminds all of the battle against oppression waged by the Jews since ancient times. And Christians have been commemorating the last momentous days leading to the crucifixion of Jesus uh, 1950 years ago. Tomorrow, as morning spreads around the planet, we'll celebrate the triumph of life over death, the resurrection of Jesus. The most important event in the Christian calendar is the resurrection. The word Easter is in the King James Bible only once, Acts 12.4, in every other place and in every other translation, the word it used is Passover. Passover is the first, and so Easter's in the Bible, yeah. King James only people. I know. Isn't that fun? Passover is the first of seven major Jewish feasts. The feasts are in three groups. This, the, in the spring are the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. 
50 days later is the Feast of Pentecost. At the beginning of the harvest, Pente means 50. At the end of the summer harvest, at the end of the summer harvests are celebrated the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacle. So Passover was first observed around 1400 BC, the night before the Exodus, before Egypt. The Pharaoh had previously enslaved the Israelites and made them throw their baby boys into the Nile River. God judged Egypt with plagues, the final one being sending the angel of death to kill the firstborn. On the 15th day of the Hebrew month Nisan, and I spent this morning trying to figure out the exact day Jesus would have died and rose again because there's a discrepancy in the Bible about Friday to Sunday. And I thought I had come across it and I was going to share it, but then I wasn't so sure. But just know Jesus died and rose again, whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And he rose on the first day. That much we know, which which is Sunday. He did. Okay. What are you trying to say? Um, could been he could have died on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. But it says on the third day he rose again. But on the third day, but was it okay? Oh, so, get mad at him with the sundown to sundown. Jesus days. said three days and three nights, right? He did say three days and three nights. So a lot of people, the the, the consensus is they, um, they got him on Thursday night and he died in the morning on Friday. But if su- if Sunday actually starts on Saturday evening, then technically he could have risen. But he rose in the morning. He rose in the early morning so before because Mary so went out exactly. when it was dark. So we know that it would have been a Sunday morning mm-hmm. when he rose again. So then you got to do some crazy math of, okay. Well, you have to go through the different gospels and yeah. people have done it and nobody's come to a consensus. So I'm not, this is not one of the things that I'm going to. On a hill we're dying on today. I ain't going to die on it. Jesus died. <laughs> he, and then he rose again. But we uh, on the 15th day of the Hebrew month Nisan, each Israelite family killed the lamb. And this is what's interesting. So they actually killed the lamb the day before Passover. Right. So John says that he was killed the day before Passover, but the other gospels say he was killed on Passover. Oh, boy. So that's where there's a discrepancy comes in. But they could have been John talking about... John, throw the wrench in the spoke. They he is always throwing wrenches in that spoke. Different calendars. John. Okay. Different calendars. and John, John, John. So, yeah. It, you know, it was very interesting. I learned that, like... It was a man who got the water to prepare the house for the Passover. And Jewish men, wouldn't, Hebrew men wouldn't have done it. It had to be an Essene man. And the, the Essenes had a different calendar. So it's very interesting. Oh, I, I know. It's kind of yeah. all kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, I know. So uh, on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan, each Israelite family killed a lamb and put its blood over the doorpost of their house so that the angel of death would pass over their home as the lamb took the judgment in their place. Exodus 12.8 gave instructions regarding the Passover lamb. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. So I've gone to a couple couple Passover seders, and it's interesting because the idea is that you kill the lamb, you have the lamb, the lamb, whatever, and you roast the lamb like you would a piece of meat. But some people don't eat the eat lamb, so they make sure they have a bone and they roast the bone. Yeah, and they put it out on the table. Yeah, it's really funny. So they at least got a roasted just, just eat lamb. the thing on lamb. All right. Jewish days began at sunset, sunset, and lasted until uh, sunset. Now, again, in the years, it could have been eighty thirty or eighty thirty three. But we're going with William Federer today because we're reading his article. In eighty thirty three, Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples in the evening, and then in the morning he was crucified on the day of Passover. <laughs> uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in First Corinthians five seven: For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. You could say Christ our Easter, um, in Greek. The lamb is considered the most innocent of animals. John the Baptist saw Jesus and exclaimed, Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Justin Martyr, who lived uh, about 100 to 165 AD, described. That lamb was commanded to be wholly roasted, a symbol of the suffering of the cross, which Jesus would undergo for the lamb is the roast is roasted and dressed up in front of the cross. For in one, the form of the cross. In the form of the cross. For one spit is transfixed right through the lower parts up to the head and one cr across the back to which are attached the legs of the lamb. So obviously back in the day, they actually did roast it they, on they, a spit. They continued to do the Passover, and, and but they did it in the sign of a cross. I love it. Crucifixion was the most painful Roman torture reserved for slaves and rebels. Dr. Alexander uh, Metherell uh, wrote, The pain was absolutely unbearable. In fact, it was literally beyond words to describe. They had to invent a new word, excruciating. Literally, excruciating means out of the cross. No way. Now we learned something new today. Now we knew. Cicero called the crucif crucifixion the most cruel and hideous of tortures. Historian Will Durant wrote that even the Romans pitied the victims. Isaiah chapter 53 describing described the, mess, the Messiah's suffering. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he punished, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. The Lord makes his life an offering for sin. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The next Jewish feast after Passover was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jews would get all the leaven or yeast out of their homes. Leaven is a symbol, is a symbol of sin. On the exact fe Feast of Unleavened Bread, Jesus was in the tomb. He who taketh away the sins of the world. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven. Let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Theologians have studied what Jesus may have experienced as in uh, Matthew 12, when Jesus replied to those demanding a sign. None will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The book of Jonah recorded, Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Out of the belly of hell I cried I, and you heard my voice. For you have cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. And the floods compassed me about. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of your sight. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped upon my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Next to the feast of, is, is the feast of first fruits, making the earliest harvest of the spring, the winter barley, which is the first grain to ripen in Israel's growing season. As soon as it appeared above the ground, it was harvested and brought into the temple. Leviticus 23 says, When you enter the land and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest. The priest shall wave the sheaf before the Lord. Jesus rose from the dead on the exact day of the feast of the first fruits. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, 20 through 23, 15. 15. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. So we're talking not just about Passover, 
We're talking about three Jewish feasts that are encompassing Jesus and then Pentecost as well. 50 days later, Jonah declared, you have brought up my life from corruption, O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and you, my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. The fact that the gospels have women. Ha ha. Thank you, Bill. Uh, being the first to testify of Christ's resurrection, resurrection is evidence that the disciples did not make up the story, as women were not accepted as witnesses at that time. Josephus included in the Antiquities of the Jews for the, the first uh, century policy, let not the testimony of women be admitted. Anybody wanting to fabricate a story would certainly have made have made it up with men of uh, being the, the first witnesses. Sir Lionel Luckhu. Uh, in 1914 uh, to 1997, was listed in the Guinness Book of, of World Records as the world's most successful criminal attorney. He wrote, The bones of Mohammed are in Medina. The bones of Confucius are in Shantung. The cremated bones of Buddha are in Nepal. Thousands pay pilgrimages to worship at their tombs, which contain their bones. But in Jerusalem, there is a cave cut into the rock. This is the tomb of Jesus. It is empty. Yes, empty, because he is risen. He died physically and historically. He arose from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God. Fifty days after uh, first fruits was the Feast of Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks. Seven weeks of seven days, officially marking the beginning of the main harvest season, the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. Fifty days after Jesus rose from the grave was the Feast of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the apostles and the church was burst and a harvest of souls began. Three thousand were saved on that first day and eight thousand by the end of the week. Then the new believers in Christ spread the harvest around the world. The world had been divinely set up for this moment. In 1400 BC, Moses and the children of Israel celebrated the first Passover, came of Egypt, came out of Egypt into the into Exodus into the Promised Land, and began the tradition of observing seven feasts. In 732 BC, the ten northern tribes of Israel were taken captive by Assyria and scattered, resulting in pockets of Jewish communities being established around the known world. In 509 BC, the Roman Republic was founded and began to expand with a road system connecting the known world. In 335 BC, Alexander the Great conquered and spread the Greek language around the world. In 285 BC, the Old Testament was translated into the Greek language called the Septuagint. In 27 BC, Pax Romana began a century of world peace. In 33 AD, Jesus was crucified and resurrected at the end of the Pentecost week. Jewish believers filled with the Holy Ghost traveled from Jerusalem during the Pax Romana peace on Roman roads to their communities around the world, speaking to people they met in the Greek language, harvesting souls, proclaiming that the Old Testament verses, which could be read in the Greek Septuagint, were fulfilled in the risen Christ. Um... And then he goes on to say, we're waiting for the fulfillment of last Jews' feast, but we'll talk about them, that in the Revelation Repo. The long months of, harvest, months of <laughs> harvesting continued as the Israelites worked in the fields, threshing, winnowing, sifting of the grain, as well as harvesting grapes, figs, almonds, almonds pomegranates before the latter rain. At the end of the summer harvest, the Feast of Trumpets called the people to gather from the fields to the temple. The harvest was complete. Um... And Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, 40, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken and the other left. What do we, what do we know about that so far, guys? 70 AD. The next two <clears throat> feasts are the Day of Atonement and the, solemn, uh, the most solemn of all the feasts. And it's very interesting because he says, which students of prophecy speculate aspects may be fulfilled in the great tribulation or the judgment seat of Christ. And finally, the Feast of Tabernacles, where the Israelites dwell in booths or tents to remind them of their pilgrimage in the wilderness for 40 years. 
this could foreshadow the saints being with the Lord forever. Now, it's interesting. Again, we will talk about these things in our uh, Revelation Red Pill. But when you read that, Jesus came to fulfill, I know this is going to blow some people's minds, all the feasts. Because otherwise, then we should be remembering these other feasts. Right. Because we're waiting for them to be fulfilled. Which we have some friends that do. However, if that were the case, then Paul would not, Paul would say, hey, hey, Christians, I need you to, to recognize these feasts aren't fulfilled yet. Fulfilled yet. We got to look for these. But no, he actually says, if you want to keep a day, keep a day. If you want to celebrate feasts, celebrate the feasts. Yeah. It's up to each person. But Christ is all in all and has fulfilled all. It says that, that it literally says Jesus came to fulfill all, all the, the law, law and, the, and the prophets. Exactly. This is actually the good news that I want to bring to you guys today. John 14, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Meaning, he's, he prepared it. Thank you. Just If you know, it's prepared for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Many non-Christian ancient sources confirm details of Christ's passion. That's what they call his crucifixion. Dr. Gary uh, Habermas cataloged over 3,400 sources, many of which are skeptical, skeptical or even critical of Christians, adding to their veracity, including Josephus, Suetonius, Pliny the Younger, Tactius, um, the Babylonian Talmud. Piecing together these sources, they confirm, confirm key points of the gospel, such as Jesus died by crucifixion. He was buried. His death caused the disciples to despair and lose hope. Believing that his life was ended, the tomb was empty a few days later. The disciples had experiences that they believed were literal appearances of the risen Christ. The twelve apostles went to their deaths holding to their, their faith in the risen Christ. One third of the Bible is prophecy. Over 300 prophecies about are about the Messiah. So Micah 5.2, he would be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah 7.14, he would be born of a virgin. Isaiah 9.7, he would be descendant of David. Zechariah 11, 12, he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Psalm 22, 7 and 8, he would be mocked. John 3, 14, he would be crucified. Psalm 22, 16, he would be pierced. Isaiah 59, 53, 9, he would die with the wicked and yet be buried with the rich. I think that's not the right quote for John, though, because I think he meant all Old Testament prophecies. Okay. Um, I think that... Unless John was quoting a prophecy. Well, John is an Old Testament prophet. John, if it's John the Baptist. Okay. That one person by random chance could fulfill just eight prophecies is considerable is considered a statistical impossibility. Josh and Sean McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, quotes Professor Peter W. Stoner, chairman of the Departments of Mathematics and Astronomy at Pensadena City, Pasadena. Pasadena City College, which stated We find that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in ten to the seventeenth power. That's one in 17, 17 zeros. zeros behind it. The first prophecy was God telling the serpent, the seed of the woman will crush his head. Prophecies had not been clear enough, so Satan could not figure them out and try to stop them, like he did with Herod killing the baby boys in Bethlehem. Yet the prophecies had to be clear enough so that after Jesus rose from the dead, they would prove he was the promised Messiah. Oh, is that kind of like the book of Revelation where they had to be um, hidden from Rome and from Caesar, so that when it said, mark the number of the man is 666, the beast is the number of a man, which is 666, which means Neron Kaiser. Hello. 
a little bit. It, it, it's the same deal. Uh, Robert Morris Page, uh, 1903 to 1992, was a physicist known as the father of U.S. radar for inventing pulsation radar used for the detection of aircraft. He served with the Naval Research Laboratory in Washington, D.C. He held 37 patents and received a U.S. Navy Distinguished Civilian Service Award. He's got going on. He's the son of a Methodist minister. Robert Morris Page wrote, concerning the hundreds of Old Testament prophecies Jesus fulfilled, the authenticity of the writings of the prophets though the men themselves are human, is established by such things as the prediction of highly significant events far in the future that could only be accomplished, uh, that could be accomplished only through a knowledge obtained from a realm which is not subject to the laws of time as we know them. One of the great evidences is the long series of prophecies concerning Jesus the Messiah. These prophecies extend hundreds of years prior to the birth of Christ. They include a vast amount of detail concerning Christ himself, his nature, and the things he would do when he came, things which to the natural world or to the scientific world remain to this day completely inexplicable. The date of Easter even changed on our calendar. How? In 45 BC, Julius Caesar wanted a common calendar used in all the countries conquered by Romans. He switched their various lunar calendars based on the monthly cycles of the moon. Did you know that actually in the Jewish uh, tradition, you didn't like have a calendar of the moons. You had two or three guys wait to see the first crescent moon and then it would start the new month. Nice. So it could be, I'm like, I'm wondering How do you make plans a month in advance? I'm wondering, like, did they not think that, and, I, and they did this, I think, because you know, there's a leap month. There's a leap yeah. month. There's a leap right. day or whatever in there. We're just going to go when it says it is. <laughs> Sounds but but you don't get to start it until you see. So, so you really can't. So make if you've your got bad weather, yeah, you don't get to. You don't know. Yeah, you kind of got to guess to go backwards. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Like if it's like cloudy, no idea. We didn't start our month today, guys. We couldn't tell. It's like Punxsutawney Phil. So uh, based on the monthly cycles of the moon, to a solar cal- calendar which is 365 days with a leap day every four years. In the 4th century, Emperor Constantine stopped the persecution of the Christians and made Christianity the de facto state religion. He wanted a common date to celebrate Easter throughout the Roman Empire, and he wanted it to be on a Sunday. This would settle the uh, Quattro Decimin controversy. So the Encyclopedia Britannica explained how the Quattro Decimin controversy ended with the switching of Easter from the traditional Jewish Passover to a particular Sunday determined by a new formula. Polycarp, the disciple of St. John, the evangelist and bishop of Smyrna, visited Rome in one... This is kind of a cool, cool story. 159. Read it like a story. To confer with Antichus, the bishop of that, of that see, on the subject, and urge the tradition which he had received from the apostle of observing the 14th day of the Jewish month of Nisan. A final sediment to the dispute was one among the other reasons which led Constantine to summon the Council of Nicaea in 325. The decision of the council was unanimous that Easter was to be kept on Sunday and on that same Sunday throughout the world and that none should hereafter follow the blindness of the Jews. <laughs> this ended the tradition of asking Jewish rabbis when Passover would be. Constantine then adopted a new formula for determining the date of Easter, namely the first Sunday after the first full moon after spring equinox. Peter Schaeff wrote in the History of the Christian Church, at Nicaea, the Roman and Alexandrian usage with respect to Easter triumphed, and the Judaizing practice of the Quattro Desmenians, who always celebrate Easter on the 14th of Nisan, Passover, became thenceforth a heresy. Now, is it a heresy? No. Is it silly? That is what they just said there is silly, yes. 
I kind of, I'm, 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 I think the rest of us are kind of leaning towards the, can we just go can back to Can we just to go the, to Passover? Like, can we just do it when Why it, do you have to pick a day, been? man? This was the defining split between the Jewish and the Christian church, which is sad, actually. Very. I don't think it's Judaizing. No, I don't either. Why would it be Judaizing? It's a date. Because it's celebrating Passover and maybe the Hebrew feasts and all that stuff. So that's why As Jesus happened. and his disciples were Jewish and the emerging Gentile uh, Christian church. Uh, remember, uh, many of the first like popes and leading bishops were obviously Jewish. Yeah. The church scholars compiled precise tables of when future dates of Easter would be. And maybe that's kind of why, where Zionism came out of guilt. Guilt. Maybe a little. You know, these Jewish Christians, they want to keep their feast. They want to keep, and you shouldn't tell them not to. Yeah. Yeah. We should, you know, be friends. Church scholars compiled precise tables of when the future dates of Easter would be. Not everyone was quick to use the new church tables, particularly the Irish, whose tradition it was that in 433 AD, the night before Easter, according to the old calendar, St. Patrick confronted the Druid chieftain, King Larry, resulting in thousands of Irish converting. Uh, in 567 AD, the Council of Tours moved the beginning of the year back to March 25th, as Julius Caesar's January 1st was considered pagan. Oh, for crying out loud. During the Middle Ages, France celebrated New Year Day on Easter. The church's table of dates, based on the Julian calendar, have a slight discrepancy. It was off by about 11 minutes per year. That's going to catch up with you. After a thousand years, in 1582, the church tables made Easter 10 days ahead of Constantine's formula, the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox, and even further from its origins in the Jewish Passover. That's why you get all these weird days where, and every once in a while, Easter will fall on Passover. Right. Pope Gregory VIII decided to fix the problem by eliminating 10 days from the calendar and skipping the leap day in years divisible by 100 and also divisible by 400. It sounds complicated, but it is so accurate that the Gregorian calendar is still the internationally used calendar today. The Gregorian calendar also returned the beginning of the new year from March 25th back to January 1st. You know, um, that's the beginning of the new year and the, the Jewish holidays, um, holy days. There's two, they have two new years. Right. So they have one, I believe that's the spiritual new year and this, the physical new year. Because spiritual new year's in September and then they've got a new year in more in March. Thus, the setting, uh, setting the date, and you know what? I feel like spring should be our new year, don't you? Doesn't it feel like you should get through the end of winter, and then new year should be spring? That's when God said, "You start at new in spring." Yeah, it doesn't start. Nothing starts new on November, on January first. It's just dark and dreary and rainy and cold. Maybe it's a way to break up the winter. Thus, setting the date of Easter is the reason the world is using the Gregorian calendar. In closing, one last question: Why did the lamb have to die? To answer that. Why did God make us? First, we are creatures made with a free will, with the ability to love God. Secondly, God has to hide himself behind his creation for us to have a free will. Because if he ever revealed himself in all of uh, omnipotent universe creating power, your response would be involuntary. And for love to be love, it must be voluntary. That's actually really good. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stop that there and kind of move on. But that's really interesting kind of history of the calendar and Easter and, yeah, and all that really stuff. Yeah, really good. <clears throat> I did. We didn't get to the bunnies or the eggs or anything. I'm glad, actually. But the celebrating of Easter has all, you know, the idea of celebrating the resurrection. That's what's the most important. And so to say, I'm not going to celebrate Easter is silly. You're all, everybody's going to pass over. Everybody's okay. going to celebrate the resurrection. And so, unfortunately, we've got two different worlds. 
we've got Easter is supposedly the resurrection, celebrating the resurrection. And we have a lot of friends who are celebrating Passover, but we need to celebrate Jesus risen, right. the, the risen Lord. He is our Passover. He is the Passover lamb. Um, and he took upon us all the sins of us all. So in that vein, let's go to Luke. Um, chapter 23. I'm going to start later on with Pilate wanting Jesus' release. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers, verse 13, of the people and said unto them, You brought this man to me as one who incites the people to rebellion. And behold, I have examined him before you, and I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you make against him. Nor, no, nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us. And behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Now, he was obliged to release to them at the feast one prisoner. Now, this is interesting because I'm going to go back to the timeline for a second. So we know that um, Jesus was celebrating a Passover in the evening. Mm -hmm. And the guards came and got him in the evening. Right. But he had to go to Herod. Then he had to go to Pilate. Right. And then there's a crowd there. Yes. Okay. So is this all happening on a Thursday and, it, and he's crucified on a Friday? Or how long is the timeline? timeline? This is something that I found interesting in the discussion. Because it's hard to imagine that Jesus would have been captured in the evening. And then they would have gotten everybody up. And they obviously they and they took him to to Herod. They took him to Pilate. And there's all these people. Um, and the timeline is very interesting. He could have been arrested. But we do. But on here's a the Wednesday deal. It should night. be very simple though. Number one, if he rose in the morning on a Sunday, mm -hmm. we know it was a Sunday, right? No, but see, some people are saying you don't need to count full three days and three nights. It doesn't. So, but it says three days and three nights. In I the know, Bible. but that's people don't actually say it that way. It's just interesting. Doesn't when you, matter when you follow it. Nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us. And behold, nothing deserving death has uh, been done by him. Therefore, I punish, I will punish him and release him. Now, he was obliged to release to them at the, at the feast one prisoner. But they cried all together, saying, Away with this man and release for us Barabbas. For he uh, was one who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection made in the city for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept on calling out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said to him then the third time, What evil has this man done? I have found nothing in him, no guilt demanding death. Therefore, I will punish him or release him. But they were insistent and with loud voices asking that he be crucified. And their voices began to prevail. And Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand be granted. And he released the man and... And he released the man they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. But he delivered Jesus to their will. And remember, he, he said, the, the crowd said, their, his blood be on us and our children. Yeah. And that goes to AD 70. When we're talking about AD 70 and the punishment of God uh, and the wrath of God on um, these, these Jews of this day. Not Jews in the future. We're not going to see God, Jesus come back in, in Israel and punish those Jews. Right. Because they didn't crucify Jesus. All the blood, the blood of all the righteous prophets from Abel to Zechariah Berechiah, whom you slew, he says to those, those Pharisees and Sadducees of that day. Okay. God <laughs> doesn't punish future people for past sins. Uh oh, now she said it. 
And that's why the great tribulation was for that generation. And he said for this generation, because God punishes people based on what they do. Right. Right. So when they led him away, they seized a rich man or they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, the rich man um, was who put him, let him have his, have his tomb. And he, and he basically had to have another person carry his cross because he couldn't carry his cross. <clears throat> and following him was a large crowd of people and the women who were mourning, lamenting him. And Jesus turned to them, daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that were never born and the breasts that never nurse. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and mm. to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? He was saying to them, "We, because Jerusalem's going to be punished for this. Yeah, that's really good. For this, that they're doing. Jesus is very clear. Not a future generation. Th that generation. He said, weep for Jerusalem. Weep for Jerusalem. Because it's going to be destroyed. Jesus knew yeah. that Jerusalem and the temple and these Pharisees that punished him and killed him, they were going to be completely destroyed. Yeah. <clears throat> and when they came to the place called the skull where they crucified him and the criminals one on the right hand one on the left but Jesus was saying father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they cast lots dividing up his garments among themselves and the people stood by looking on and even the rulers were sneering at him saying he saved others let him save himself if this is the Christ the son of God the chosen one the soldiers also mocked him coming up to him offering him sour wine and said if you are the king of the Jews save yourself now there was an, inscrip an inscrip inscription above him saying, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him said, do you not even fear God wow. since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he, and, and as he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm-mm. And he said unto him, truly, I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and darkness fell over the whole land of the, until the ninth. When the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus with a loud voice cried out, father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And having done this, he breathed his last. And when the centurion saw what had happened, he began praising God saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance, seeing these things. And then we know that he was put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. But, oh yeah, I want to tell you, here's some, here's some of the timeline. So, um, and when he took it down and wrapped the body in a linen cloth and laid him in the tomb and cut into the rock, where no one had ever lain. It was the preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin, which would have been a, which would have been a Saturday. Uh, so Saturday evening. So it would have been Friday. So it's, that's why they're saying that he would have died on the Friday because the Sabbath was about to begin, begin. Sundown was about to happen, right? And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was lain. And when they returned to prepare spices and perfumes, perfumes, and on the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment and then Sunday. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing spices, which they had prepared. 
And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood with them in dazzling clothing. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said unto them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in, still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now there was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and also other women with them telling these things to the apostles. Massive Christian evangelism happening here by a group of women telling these men, Jesus came, Jesus is alive. It's awesome. Peter got up. He ran to the tomb. Uh, he looked in it and he saw the linen wrappings only and went away marveling at what had happened. This is kind of one of my favorites. So, behold, two of the disciples were going that very day to a village named uh, Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Big walk. And they were talking to each other about all these things. And while they were talking, discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes prevented them from recognizing him. And he said to them, hey, what are you guys talking about with one another? While you're walking, and one of, the nam, uh, one of them, Cleophas, which was uh, Peter, said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and you don't know what's happened these past few days? And he said unto them, what things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered and be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things, since these things have happened. But some of the women among us uh, us amazed us when they said that the tomb uh, went to the tomb early in the morning and they didn't find his body they came and said that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said but they didn't see jesus and jesus said to them oh foolish men and slow of heart to believe the women he didn't say women but that's what he meant all the things all the things that i've told you the prophets have spoken was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning him in all the scriptures. That to me is uh, what I want to sit down and I want to hear. See, we got to read the Old Testament. That's what we've been doing. Our, that's what we're really going to get into, hopefully in our Revelation Red Pill, is to read all the things with Moses and the prophets, the testimony about Jesus. Now, speaking of testimonies about Jesus, um, and I just lost my place. Where did I go? Oh, woe is me. Uh, here we go. Testifying that Jesus is, is Savior is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal for people in public office to do. Jesus declares, therefore, anyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before the Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before the Father who is in heaven. So, can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He further promises, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. The Apostle Paul therefore attests that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Apostle John reiterates, that Christian saints overcome Satan because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, you telling people what Jesus has done for you. And they did not love their lives unto death, Revelation 12, 11. 
clearly the importance of public profession of personal faith in Jesus Christ is not just something you can do in your heart. You, if you're believing in Jesus, you must publicly confess that Jesus is your Lord. Uh, and the Apostle Paul's ringing declaration that I am not ashamed of the gospel, Romans 1.16 because the open acknowledgement of Christ has been a timeless indicator of one's personal Christian faith, such public professions were numerous among America's founding fathers. As one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Robert Treat Payne declared, I'm now convinced that it is my duty openly to profess him, lest he be ashamed of me another day. A lot of people say that America's founding fathers were not Christians. Those, that is an absurd claim. The founding fathers were prolific writers. Uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, they wrote, did you know George Washington wrote nearly 20,000 personal letters? Wow. Thomas Jefferson, 70 volumes, 19,000 private letters. That's crazy. Benjamin Franklin, 40 volumes. John Adams and Alexander Hamilton both have 30 volumes. James Madison, two dozen. John Jay, Tom. So we know what they were thinking. Okay. Benjamin Rush, my hope of salvation is in the infinite transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. I rely exclusively upon it. Come Lord Jesus, come quickly. Charles Carroll on the mercies of my redeemer. I rely for salvation and on his merits, not on the works I have done in obedience to his precepts. Samuel Adams, the beer guy, the named after I rely on the merits of Jesus Christ for the pardon of all my sins. John Witherspoon, Christ Jesus is the only savior of sinners in opposition to all false religions and every uninstituted right. As he himself says, I am the way I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes into the father, but by me, if you are not reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, if you are not clothed with spotless, with his spotless robe of his righteousness, you must forever perish. Richard Stockton. I subscribe to the entire belief of the great and leading doctrines of the Christian religion, such as the being of God, the universal uh, def defection and depravity of human nature, the divinity of the person and the completeness of the redemption purchased by the blessed Savior, the necessity of the operations of the divine spirit, of divine faith accompanied with habitual virtuous life. Robert T. Treat Payne. I am constrained to express my adoration of the Supreme Being, the author of my existence, in full belief of his provincial goodness and his forgiving mercy revealed to the world through Jesus Christ, through whom I hope for never-ending happiness in a future state. Thomas McKean, it behooves you most seriously to reflect upon your past conduct and to repent of your evil deeds, to be incessant in prayers to the great and merciful God to forgive your manifold transgressions and sins, to teach you to rely upon the merit and passion of a dear Redeemer, and thereby to avoid those religions of sorrow, those doleful shades, regions of sorrow, those doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell, where hope cannot enter. Alexander Hamilton, I have a tender reliance on the mercy of Almighty God through the merits of Jesus Christ. John Dickinson, rendering thanks to my creator, to him I resign myself humbly confiding in his goodness and in his mercy through Jesus Christ for the events of eternity. Roger Sherman, God commands all men everywhere to repent. He also commands them to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and has assured us all that all who do repent and believe shall be saved in a way of free grace through atonement. Ask and you shall receive. Whosoever will, let him come and come and drink of the waters freely. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And they are quoting scriptures in this. Mm. That was Revelation uh, 22, 17, uh, Matthew 3, 2, Mark 1, 15. Uh, John 6 37 the word of God was so in them they didn't have to quote the scripture they it was just in them 
A couple more. James Madison. I have sometimes thought there could be not a stronger testimony than for men who occupy the most honorable and gainful departments and are rising in reputation and wealth publicly to declare, to declare their unsatisfactoriness by becoming fervent advocates in the cause of Christ. Richard Henry Lee. These wise and great men of those days were not ashamed publicly to confess the name of our blessed Lord and Jesus Christ Savior as their Savior. In behalf of the people... As their representatives and rulers, they acknowledge the sublime doctrines of his mediation. Subsequent generations reached the same conclusions, including the U.S. Congress in 1854. In this age, there can be no substitute for Christianity. That was the religion of the founders of the Republic, and they expected it to remain the religion of their descendants. Jason, uh, is it Jason Miller? Stephen Miller? Stephen Miller. One of them, I think his name is Miller, is Trump's speechwriter, and he writes good speeches. He's Jewish. You know that Trump very rarely says anything about repentance, and he says nothing about Jesus. When we talk about Trump, if George Washington publicly confessed that Jesus Christ was Savior, if Samuel Adams, John Adams, John Dickinson, Roger Sherman confess the depravity of mankind, Trump doesn't believe in the depravity of mankind. He doesn't believe in the depravity of himself, and he doesn't really think he needs a savior. He said it. I don't think I need to repent of anything. How can you have Jesus Christ as your savior if you haven't asked him for repentance and you don't think that you need? It's one thing to say you need Jesus to help you. It's another thing to say you need Jesus to save you because you are a sinner in need of a savior. And so I am continuing to pray. I believe that Donald Trump believes that Jesus is real in, a, in some sense. And he kind of saved the world in some sense. But if you cared about Donald Trump, if you really cared about his soul, you would pray that he would publicly confess his sins and at least say, I'm a sinner, or I was a sinner, and I've come to the conclusion that I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. You know, and there's something interesting, and I didn't know this show was going to take a kind of turn of events here, and that's fine. It can go wherever the Holy Spirit leads, and maybe this is a message that some of you guys need to hear. But throughout our show, <clears throat> you always hear our testimonies. Now, our testimonies are not exactly the same as somebody, as a sinner that, like, saved by grace on drugs, you know, whatever. Our testimony is, like, the way that our mom raised us, how we were raised Christian, the hardships and the things that Jesus has taken us out of. But with anyone that has a platform who is a Christian, you will notice that throughout their entire show at least from time to time, their testimony comes up because they're very excited to tell of what Jesus has done to take them from this to this or to save them from this to this. Or to empower them to do or something to, different. And we don't ever get that from Trump. So for, for those of you that think that we're Trump bashing, that's not it. I, you don't get us. I love Donald Trump. He's my president. I voted for this man. But I 
care about his soul. And as a discerning Christian who elected this man, which makes him my servant and your servant, okay, he is supposed to be led by God and the people, <clears throat> not lead God and the people, okay? And here's the thing, like Cyrus, everybody says, he's a Cyrus, he's a Cyrus. Well, Cyrus was never a Jew. Did Cyrus needs to come to know Jesus? Right. Okay, you can't. So you can have it both ways, but what you can't have is full, explicit trust that Trump is going to fix it all, and we know for a matter of fact that he has a solid relationship with Jesus. Because you know what people always throw at us when we when we bring this up? You don't know. You don't know. That's for God to judge. Okay, out, out why? Of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus said, "You will know them by their fruit." Okay, and but, you uh, must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. But one thing that I would say is that if I don't know, and if you don't know what the status of his repentance and salvation is, then let's pray for it anyway. Yeah. No, you're right. Let's pray for it anyway. Romans 2.28 For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, the circumcision which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. If you have come to know Jesus, you've been grafted in. Circumcision is of the heart, meaning the old man is passed away. You're a totally incomplete person. You're different. I, In our Revelation Red Pill, we've been talking about, um, uh, last Wednesday, we're talking about the covenants. Mm -hmm. a little bit we're talking about how uh christians <clears throat> were viewing dispensationalism as god having one covenant for the jews that he hadn't fulfilled and fulfilled and those were promises to abraham well and then he's got another covenant to the gentiles well i got a word as i was reading <laughs> i was sleeping and as i woke up i got this word and it came, it, it was like, it was, it came out of like almost thin air. I was, wa I was waking up. And as I woke up, who wakes up like this? And just here, I just heard the words. I, I, I remember myself waking up as I'm on that twilight. I woke up and I heard the Lord, your maker is your husband. Okay. Where do you want me to go from that? <clears throat> um, let's see. I woke up from an, uh, from from sleeping, and I heard the words, "The Lord your maker is your husband." The Lord God, Lord, Lord, the Lord your God, your maker is your husband. There are not two covenants, but one. He took the old away, and he made it brand new. All the benefits of the old, but more, a new and better, not a separate covenant. G, the, uh, the Jews were looking and are still looking for a Messiah. The Messiah would bring in the kingdom, the resurrection of the dead, and judgment all at one time. We must see and act upon the promises fulfilled and see ourselves on the timeline of God's kingdom advancing. Jesus said to um, Mary and Martha right before he raised their brother from the dead, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes on me shall not die, but shall have everlasting life. He was speaking to the promise of the resurrection, which was fulfilled in Christ when Christ rose from the grave. And I'm going to read for you Romans chapter 4, the promise of Abraham. 
and as I, but before I do, the second word the Lord gave me, these are your years. As I promised Abraham a nation through his body and Sarah's, you shall not die, but you shall live a long life. You are in a generation that is on a cusp of long life and life more abundantly. For I will restore all the years that the locusts have eaten. Um, I will help you in your work. And you will work in and with my spirit, that which is good and righteous and true. You will be a fruitful vine, a planting of the Lord, a people of God's own possession. For you are being accounted righteous by faith. And you are... You, um. You are, you are not to hoard the land promises as some do. Today, the Jews believe that their land in Israel is specially blessed and kept just for themselves and keep people from entering into the promise. The, Jesus told the Pharisees, you don't enter in and you keep others from entering in. Not so. All the promises I made to faithful Abraham, I make to every one of his descendants today. A new and a better covenant. Yes, he was. Yes, it was an everlasting covenant. I renewed it and made it 2.0. Romans chapter 4 promises to be fruitful and multiply and to inherit the earth, the soil. There is life in the soil and the seed. You shall plant seed as 10, and, uh, one seed as 10, and 10 as 100, and 100 as 1,000. Thousand is ten thousand. You shall reap where you have not planted. You shall inhabit barns for your animals and houses for yourselves that you did not plant, for your and your family and your posterity. You have not laid the foundation, but you shall renew and rebuild and restore the old waste places. And all who um, all who see you shall call you blessed and highly favored of the Lord. For the Lord, your maker, is your husband. Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but what as what is due. But to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness, apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven, and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. In this blessing, then, on the circumcised, is this blessing on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised? For we say faith was accredited to Abraham as righteousness. How was it then credited? While he was circumcised or when he was uncircumcised? Not while he was circumcised, but while he was uncircumcised. For he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while uncircumcised. Abraham was called as an uncircumcised person. That he might be called the father of all who believe without being circumcised. Now... If we are now, if Abraham is our father, are we not yet heirs with our father? Yes. And heirs of the promise of Abraham. Yes. All of us are heirs of the same promise now. Amen. All who believe without being circumcised that righteousness may be accredited to them. 
and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, the Jewish people, but also who follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. <clears throat> he, for the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Boom. Did it's not he Abraham was promised, and let me go here uh, to Genesis chapter 17, 4 through 6. So be great. So why is this important? I want while Lee is looking for that, I want you guys to understand Resurrection Sunday is important and so incredible. Because of what it brings. It brings salvation. And salvation is the doorway into which we the promises enter into of the God. promises of God. Yeah. So what's on? what a better day than Resurrection Sunday to be talking about the promises of God. Yeah. And what are they? Why do we get them? Where did they come from? How do we get them? So Abraham was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the, fa the, the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you, Throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, now as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants throughout their generations. This is my covenant between uh, which you shall keep between me and your descendants, and every man among you must be circumcised. And then he goes on to say, as for Sarai, she shall be Sarah, and I will bless her, and I will indeed, I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall become from her. And then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, will a child be born of a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, be, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, no. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and his descendants after him. And then we know that a year later they had, they had Isaac. This is the promise. The whole world. Okay? The whole world. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. Hmm. If... The land promises and all the promises. God just promised, made this promise to Abraham. That promise was by Abraham's faith. And to show that it was by faith, it was not through Ishmael of the flesh. The promise wasn't made to Abraham's children because Ishmael was one of Abraham's children. I lost it. Go ahead. The pr promise wasn't made. Um, Isaac had uh, twins. Right. The promise was made to Jacob. Yeah. Because it was by faith. Right. Not by lineage. Right. It's not by your flesh that, the, that you receive the promises, which is the, the world. Okay. <clears throat> One of the most encouraging chapters in the whole Bible is uh, Hebrews 11. 
where it says by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. All of the Old Testament mm -hmm. heroes were heroes by faith. Yeah. Which means it's not, you, you don't have to do anything but believe. You know, the Bible says, if any man would come to God, he must first believe that he is mm -hmm. and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's by faith. He says at Genesis twenty two seventeen, indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand, which is in the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of your enemies in your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. For if those who are of the law are of our heirs, faith is made void by the pro and the promise nullified. <clears throat> For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no violation. For it is this reason, it is by faith, in order that it might be accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants. Everyone. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. But also, what? but also, but also, so it's not just for Gentiles. We don't just throw the Jews out. Right. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And what did we just read? You're not a Jew inward, you're, uh, by your flesh, but inwardly. You see, what dispensationalism does, and what end times theology does, and what we really want to dispel more than anything else, they have two covenants they say the land promises to Abraham must be fulfilled through his flesh. Well, throughout the years, you know, a lot of people have become Jewish. They're not even Jewish by their nationality. And you know, what's very interesting is Jews do not try to convert. They don't really want to convert. And I could see why. Because Israel is a small piece of land. And you may not want. But, but that's not embracing the promise of Abraham, which is your descendants shall be as the stars in the sky and the seed. So you, when I talk to the Jews now who come into Christ, you inherit the planet. The whole thing. You implant, you need, the whole world, guys, is, is a blessed, blessed place now. The whole creation um, groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. For it is... For this reason, it is by faith in order that it might be according to grace that the promise will be guaranteed to all, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls being it calls into being that which does not exist in hope against hope. He believes that he might become the father of many nations according to that, which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be when God was promising land to Abraham. He was promising the whole world to Abraham. Okay. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited for those who believe in him, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He was delivered over because of our transgressions, but he was raised for our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace through, uh, with God through Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Come join us on Wednesdays and we're going to do our Revelation Red Pill. 
that's all I have for today. Michelle, you can do your commentary and I have a song to end on. But that's what I really wanted to bring you guys was that we're entering into a, um, I believe, a new era where people regrasp the promises of God. They pick up the mantle of Christians behind them, like the pilgrims, like the forefathers. And we do 1776 worldwide and we begin to heal the planet that all creation groans for the manifestation of the sons of God, that creation was indeed stuck under the curse. But as we manifest who we are in the earth, even creation itself shall be redeemed. We will plant many things. Things will start to grow better. We need to talk to the soil. We need to ask God to get us out of this technological world, out of the fourth industrial revolution and heal the planet. That's really good. That's really good. And, and that's what salvation is. Does. Salvation is the entering into the kingdom. And right. this is the kingdom. And I want to challenge you guys to, you know, start doing some Bible reading in the New Testament. And I, I read a lot in the Old Testament. But when you read through the, the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, what you, will what you will see like over and over and over again is the word kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. You'll see salvation a lot. But more than salvation, I'm, I'm going to venture to say kingdom is mentioned more than salvation. And, um, <clears throat> why is that? Because the goal of salvation is to reconcile yourself back to the promises of Abraham, back to the garden and into the kingdom and, and that Jesus would reign that we kept, the Jews were looking for a Messiah, right? To bring the kingdom to the earth and Jesus is reigning and his kingdom is here on earth. And it's hap It's right now. And it's right now. And we're watching that manifestation yeah. happen. Amen. Amen. Before we get to your song, though, I did want to address one comment from Anne, who we love. And Anne's been a really good viewer of ours for a really long time. So um, I, I, this is uh, important to me, Anne. Anne. Back on the Trump thing, says, you're doing this on this day of all days. Jesus is my savior, period. This doesn't feel like trying to save him, Trump. This feels like an I'm right. So, Anne, what I love about this comment being from you is it's a lot easier to address because you know us rather than this coming from someone else. Um, it's not an I'm right. It's a, guys, I really believe that God's not done with Donald Trump yet. And I and, and in order for Trump to go where he needs to go, we have to pray for his salvation. Do you pray for Jews to come to know Jesus? Like Dr. Zelenko was a Jew. Yeah. But didn't I want to pray for him to come to know Jesus? I love Dr. Zelenko. I believe the power of God was in him. So if you're hearing I an I'm right, you're hearing I'm right about this. Please pray for Donald Trump. Not I'm right. He ain't saved. I think you guys know us way better than that. We would never take that, that attitude. That heart. Ever. That breaks my heart that you would think that that's what I was saying. <clears throat> it's not. I'm right. He doesn't know Jesus. It's, oh my gosh, guys, please. I'm telling you, this man isn't there yet. He is not there yet. And God needs him to be there. And we need him to be there. Please pray with me for Donald Trump. Because what is happening, Anne, I don't know if you've been tuning into our Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. But if you have, and I hope you have, you will notice the theme behind the message of what we're talking about. It's this. Modern end times theology of things have to get worse and worse and worse, but it's okay because Jesus is going to come back and save us all. Creates the most hellish type of apathy. 
that and and the body of Christ is where it's at today because of that apathy because people feel like well I don't have to do anything this is all part of God's plan it's supposed to get really bad and then God's gonna come in and save us rapture us out of here seven years of tribulation boom we're done I don't care who you are or what you say it has been proven that people that buy into that adjust their lives accordingly they won't go to college they won't have kids or like our friend joy Thayer, when she was 15 or 16 she got pregnant because she thought that the coming of jesus was imminent so she gets pregnant out of wedlock when she wanted to save herself for marriage okay so what it does is it alters people's lives so when it comes to donald trump if everybody believes that he is just tight solid great with god people are like oh i'm praying for trump we're gonna pray specifics we need to pray specifics over Donald Trump. We need to pray a radical salvation moment over Donald Trump so that when he, when his knees hit the, hits the, hit the floor, I know a repentant person when I see it. Donald Trump's not there yet. And he will have so much power for the kingdom of God when he gets there. And we need to pray that specifically over him. So that's why Leah and I bring this up. Because we on Resurrection Sunday of all days, yes, it's the perfect day to bring this up because the number one person in the whole world that can help him that I'm <clears throat> praying for in this moment is Donald J. Trump for this for resurrection if you to be inside your, of him. If you believe in your mouth, that you, resurrection if power. you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. We know that you have to you repent, you recognize, you've got to repent. You have to be a repentant person, and my heart would hurt that you would, you would think that it's a big thing for us because we know there's so many people out there that support Donald Trump. Do you know how hard it is to see that Donald Trump needs Jesus and other people like, no, 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 stop saying that? It's hard. It's like this. It's so, not something I want to do. I want to be rah, 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 MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Everybody against Trump's bad. But Trump will never overcome the deep state until he has given his life to Jesus Christ. My salvation is not going to save Donald Trump. Your salvation is not going to save Donald Trump. Well, let me, let me clarify something here. This is an excellent point from Sandra. So we pray for President Trump daily. He has acknowledged Jesus in many of his speeches. Yes, we all need to pray for an awesome transformation. I believe that Donald Trump is one of God's sheep. And like anyone that I have ever led to Jesus Christ, I can see through the history of their lives that God was calling them and moving in them and through them their entire lives because they were one of God's sheep. And I'm not going to go into a predestination conversation with you guys today because that's not what this is about. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and no other will they follow. So when you see Donald Trump confessing Jesus Christ, he is in this journey of I want Jesus. Has he fully surrendered and here's i'll let you in on a whole nother level of of things guys a lot of times we have different parts of our brains and each part of that brain has to come to jesus so am i saying that if donald trump died today he wouldn't go to heaven no i'm not saying that at all i actually don't believe that i think that if donald trump died today he would go to heaven i do believe that he has that level of a salvation but there's different types of a salvation and like, you know what there's a different type for donald trump he really does help people and he really does love people but right now, he has all these people praying for him. I'm t when we say a radical salvation, a radical <laughs> repentance, he has not had that yet, guys. Has he, uh, has he come out and said, I was a sinner and Jesus saved me? It's not enough to just say the name of Jesus. 
You right? must recognize this, the, the sinful nature and say, I have been born again. I'm a new creature. And I'm hearing Christ a lot Jesus. of people like, Leah, Michelle, you're mincing at words. I'm not mincing. I No, I'm not getting stuck on words. Again, you will know them by their fruit. Donald Trump has a lot of good fruit, but he doesn't have a lot of salvation fruit. He doesn't have a lot of, I am a sinner saved by Jesus Christ, or I was a sinner, right? We're not, we're not hearing that. So it hasn't happened yet. And that's what we want to pray for because the prophecy of Kim Clement said he goes in whispering my name. Jesus Christ. He I, comes out shouting. I love you. I adore you. There are different, like you said, there are different phases in people's salvation, salvation. walk. Yeah. Okay. Is he shouting Jesus's name? He will be, but we've got to pray for it. All right. One more comment here from, from uh, two actually. Baker mom says, prayer request. My daughter has surgery tomorrow to remove a growth from her face. Please pray that surgery goes well with no scarring. Amen. We will. Barry, your comments here are making my whole day. Britt Baza, our resident agnostic in the chat on DLive, says, Michelle, Leah, you know I'm not a Christian by belief, but I do have to thank you both for the Red Pill Wednesdays. It's making me think about Christianity a lot and research it more and more. Hence, with my comments in this stream, I'm not promising anything about changing my belief, but you're making me think more about the fact that Jesus existed. I love that. I love that. So let's kick this off by praying for your daughter, Baker Mom. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you that um, your son Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And by his stripes, which cover our sins, we are healed. So I thank you that Baker Mom's daughter is covered by the blood of the lamb, that this surgery will go well, that it won't have any scarring, that uh, uh, the growth will not come back, that it won't be cancerous or, or anything like that. It'll just be very straightforward. It will be painless and that the recovery will be swift and that Amen. the Holy Spirit will fill her from the inside out. And anything that caused this growth to happen will cease and no more will pop up in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for Barry in the chat, Britt Baza. I thank you that you are working on him. I thank you that he's researching you and your existence and that he's gleaning from the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. And I just thank you that he's been such an instrumental part of our um, program. I thank you for President Donald Trump. I thank you that you called him, that he is a man set apart. I thank you that... He is going to come to know you in a way that he never even imagined necessary, possible, probable, and that he will come out shouting your name, that he will come out proclaiming the name of Jesus unashamedly, unabashedly, and instead of listening to advisors on how he says this, that, or the other to get the office in 2024, his number one goal, his primary goal will be to use the position that you have given him to do two things to win souls to you and to lead a nation that expands the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. We thank you that all of this is going to happen. We thank you that the, the mega people around the nation and around the world are praying for this radical transformation of Donald J. Trump, that he will come to know you in a way that is so passionate. This, we're talking about the passion of Jesus Christ today, that he will have that passion just oozing out of him and instead of giving glory to all the things that he's done in the past and all the stuff that he did, that he will give glory to you and to your son, Jesus. He will say, I am nothing without you. Amen. And he will bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. And there's anybody watching today, I just pray, Father God, that you lead them in a, a, a life 
that is renewed by you. And if any of you need to give your life to Jesus Christ today, you can just open your heart and say, Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Come and change my life. Make me a new person. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord, that you are risen from the dead, and you are seated in heavenly places. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the Hallelujah Easter version. <laughs> Crown this today. So haven't sung it through all the way once yet. So forgive me if I get some of the words wrong. A crown of thorns placed on his head. He knew he, he would soon be dead. He said, did you forget me, Father, did you? They nailed him to a wooden cross. And soon all the world would feel the loss of Christ the King before his Then lifted his face up to the sky, said, I am coming home now, Father, to you. A reed which held his final sip was gently lifted to his lips. He drank his last and gave his glory, soul to glory. Hallelujah. The soldier who had used his sword to pierce the body of our Lord said, truly this is Jesus Christ, our Savior. He looked with fear upon his sword, then turned his face to Christ the Lord, and fell to his knees, and he cried, took from his head the thorny crown and wrapped him in a linen gown and laid him down to rest inside the tomb the holes in his hands his feet inside now in our hearts we know he died to save us from ourselves oh hallelujah hallelujah days went by and then they came to move the stone to bless the slain with oil and spice anointing hallelujah 
But as they went to move the stone, they saw that they were not alone. But Jesus Christ has risen. good song to add different lyrics to you do the christmas one and so you found the resurrection one. yep really actually um mark piquita linda mark sent piquita. me that this morning no way linda's linda mark piquita's yeah person yeah campaign manager yep she sent me that and i was like oh there's a there's an easter hallelujah i'll learn it wow that's awesome Sandra says, very beautiful. You two are so gifted in so many areas. Thank you, Sandra. We literally have never sung it that way before. So Leah just found that. She was like, we were going live. We were, if we were a little late today, it was because Leah's like, I got to play this through at least once. And now we have to get ready to butcher the hogs. All right. So let's go ahead and do this announcement that I didn't want to do, but um, I do, but I didn't, but I don't, but I do. And Patriot Gallery um, said, you, you really should have opened up the pig butchering to the people, which we were like, it's having people here for classes is great. And I love the companionship and I love it all. But sometimes it can either be a help timeline wise or it can be a hindrance timeline wise. And so sometimes you just want to like stay focused and get the job done instead of stopping to teach different steps. But my mom said, you guys are being selfish. So today between five and seven, if you live locally to resistance chicks, uh, send me an email. You can come. We will be doing three days of butchering pigs. This today is going to be the slaughter, the evisceration, which is it's called they call it gutting. For all intents and purposes, it's just called gutting. But it's a big, it's a big process, and how do you do that? Um, but before you get to the gutting, you got to do the, the scalding and the scraping. And men need to learn how to do this. All if you need, you need to watch the video that Leah did last night. It was really, really good. Every man needs to teach their children how to know how to take the life of an animal that you're going to eat. It's it's a rite of passage. Okay. So then tomorrow between eleven and six, we will be cutting up these two pigs. It's a lot of work, like a lot of work. So if you come. You can send me an email, massfait33, M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H 33 at gmail.com. If you want to come, you'll be being put to work. This is not a um, observation class. This is a participation class. So come with your sleeves rolled up and, and clothes that can get dirty. Uh, and then on Tuesday, we will be making bacon and sausage. Probably in the afternoon. In the afternoon. afternoon I was actually, I had put on there 11 to 6, but it probably won't be. It'll probably Tuesday, be like 1. Might be after that because we got a couple two things o'clock. we got to do. Okay, so like. Two to seven, something like that. Yeah. So, well, the timing's wrong. But it, but you're not just showing up at my house. You're sending me an email first. So I will send you all the details. Um, if you do want to come and you live locally, you are more than welcome. The Our, our, our yard is open to you. I'm going to say my whole home. But if you got to go party, I'll let you. I promise. Okay, guys. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If he is risen, the disciples did not steal his body. They would not have died for a conspiracy theory. They died for the truth. And Jesus died to bring the truth to all mankind. So check out the website. Sign up for the emails. The emails are going to start going out again. J, 
our web guy, Miracle Man, gets a million awards. I'm very excited about this. So resistancechicks.com is where you guys, we really want to start funneling you guys back to that again now that the emails are up and running and we've got that going. So stay tuned for more. If you want to get regular email updates, let us know. And at some point, we might even add text message alert options. So that would be really, really cool. We'll see you guys later. Happy Resurrection Sunday. He is risen and he has saved our souls and we are eternally grateful that we can expand the kingdom of God. And we will see you this week, Wednesday, for Revelation Red Pill, 7.30. We're going to continue on in the saga of the insanity of how this whole modern end times theory got started. Somebody had asked in the chat, are you going to do a video of the breakdown of the pigs? No. Probably not. We, we have. We, it's so, called, we have one. I told you, go to resistancechicks.com, just put pig or hog in there and you'll see. You didn't tell them that. I did I did on Friday, I did. Okay, so tell them again. again. Go tell to resistancechicks.com. Here. Wait, I'll yeah, show, show them. them because just show them. we did, what was it called? Snout to tail or something? Yeah. Tip, tip, I don't know what it was. Let's see. Here we go. All right. So Look, the web, website's up. It's Praise a little old, but we're just, good. We're going to just try pig and see what happens. Pig. Would it be hog? Pig or work. Hog or pig. Either one. We'll probably get you there. Hang on. Give it a second. Why it's taking Don't we have a section under like... Natural living. Natural living. Called. But this is easier if it's actually... I don't know why this isn't working. I have to talk to Jay. Oh pop, no, pop, the search pop, isn't pop, working. Pop. There it is. There it is. Alright, so from piggy to pork chop. From piggy to pork chop. You can also put pig probably in the search bar on when Rumble to watch When did we do that? This. this was two years ago. March okay. 23rd. Um, it was mom's birthday, remember? Is it that's, for Mary? that's, that's, um, Minnie-Me's mommy. So, I'll scroll down. The next video is working. Well, that's a Facebook one. So, it'll oh. still take you there. You just gotta click oh. on I don't know why the embed is wrong. Um, there's BitChute, there's Rumble. So, there's lots of places that you can watch it. It's really, really awesome. You're gonna love it. Um, we streamed it live, which is why it takes a second to get <laughs> Okay, so we're opening up the chute for the first time in almost oh, two years. You're not in oh my gosh, that's who's going in. Oh, no, you're not in shot. Oliver! This pig right so here is so much smaller right there. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I am that one on the run. We've had that pig for way too long. Look how he was littler than he was. And he could move a lot better. Yeah, he's got to go in It's time to be in the freezer, Ollie. I love you, Ollie. So, so making this video that we did was, it was so much work. Because when you have to, your, your hands are dirty, you got to stop, you got to clean, you got to film, you got to cut, you got to da, 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 da. So since we've already done that once, no, we're not doing it again. But we'll if probably you want, do some We'll probably do some live, live videos, videos here or there. Yeah. But if you want to come and you want to film, you're more than welcome to come and film. We can make your own video. Come you can. Video. Michelle said you can't, you can't be passive, but you can if you're going to be a filmmaker. That's not passive. That's participating. And make your own little, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if you live close and you're a dude especially, then be at my house at five. Today. <laughs> Come on. Because we could use your muscles. My back may or may not have gone out last night. And um, I don't know if we anybody saw me dudes. earlier have a mild seizure. It's because a twinge went up and I went. We could use a few dudes if you're close. All right. We will see you guys on Wednesday. And if you want to come, just send me an email. M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H 33 at gmail.com um, for the next three days. Tonight, 5 to 7. Tomorrow, Tomorrow 11 till 11 till whenever. And then on Wednesday probably or Tuesday. Tuesday, probably 
three, two or three, because we're in through the evening because we got stuff yeah. we got to do in the morning. Going to do some sausage and bacon. Sausage and bacon. And don't forget, uh, lard. To Monday is going to be tomorrow's lard day, so we start on that lard. That lard may continue into Tuesday. Lard just keeps going forever. But never identifying stops. the different types of lards and what they're good for. This is these are all things that you need to know. So when we're talking about cutting up this pig, you you don't ever think about wait how do I get pork chops? How do I get flank steaks? How do I get rib cuts? How do I get uh, sirloins? Or how do I get not sirloins? Um, what's the the loin? Just yeah. a loin. How do I get a loin? A pork loin? Um, what do you do with the head? What do you do with all these different things? So remember, if you got we got four things for you guys. Number one, my pillow code. What are you gonna do? RC. Number two. Uh, Vicky Natale, we have a winner, um, yeah. but Michelle has been using the CBD uh, oil yes. and the, um, what on my back. The it's rub, really, really helped. Uh, and internally, so I know you got to go take another dose of that. That helps with your hip. Hopefully, it's going to help with this. Promo code RC, organicbodyessentials.com. And if you want to get to the actual tincture, just put an OBE in front of the organicbodyessentials.com. So OBE.organicbodyessentials.com. And then wealth preservation for us. Is a freezer full of pig. But wealth preservation for you might be ITM trading to give them a call if you've got retirement accounts, you've got savings, IRAs, IRAs stocks, bonds. They're going to help you to diversify. They're not going to say, oh, just come and buy all your gold and silver with us. But they are a physical um, house to show you, to get you gold and silver so that you hold it, so that you hold it and own it. Yeah. Okay. We so love you, Lynette. You can also call them. It's one 866 Nine five zero seven 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 six. That's a custom resistance chicks number. number. It's a custom number. So as soon as you call, automatically they're going. Okay, these are resistance chicks. One eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six. They gave us a. Great it's anointed. Number. It is anointed. That's awesome. All right, you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday, seven thirty. Don't miss it. In the meantime, please share all of these videos. That is the number. You don't have to donate. You don't have to buy the products. You don't have to do anything. Just share the videos with yeah. your family, with your friends. And say, hey, check out what Resistance Chicks is we putting out. We keep getting a lot out. of new viewers lately. You're like, I just found you, just found you, just found you. And I love hearing that. Send us letters. P.O. Box 107, Milford, Ohio, 45150. Send us your letters. We'll read them on air. We love hearing from you guys. As a matter of fact, I think we have two mail things that we haven't actually opened on air. That We need the, the sweatshirts, and this has not been opened. We've just been using it to write notes on. So, All right, you guys. We'll see you Wednesday. Be there, be square, and pray for us. Pray for us. Honestly, I believe in I believe in the power of prayer. Please pray for my back. God, I pray that you heal Michelle's back so she can do all the things she needs to do in the next couple of days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I need to be able to be a man. We we called a friend to be our fourth man, but if I'm not there, then we're down to we're back down to three. So uh, I need to be able to be there. So all right, we'll see you guys later, and um, we will be doing some live videos to let you know how it's going. Bye, guys. God bless. Let's go.